page. So we're continuing our walk through the New Testament. Let me get this out of the way. And uh, a couple of obvious things this morning. There's a couple of people missing. Um, Ernesto is on vacation, uh, getting a well-deserved time off with his family, and he will be back here next Sunday. Um, and Ricky um, has been sick this week, so um, he was going to be the one giving the message this morning, uh, but when he was sick, he asked me if I would do it, and so here I am. So, um, But we're going to continue with Jacob. Um, he is the next uh, part of, if you've been reading through either from the sheet or through the Dwell app. Um, this whole last week is about Jacob. Ten chapters that talk us, tell us about the life of Jacob. Um, last week, though, we saw the covenant God made with Abraham. And in that covenant, uh, he promised him to become a great nation. He promised him to um, be multiplied upon the earth and be a blessing to all nations. Right, so this week we're going to see that step forward a little bit in the life of Jacob. But, but who is Jacob? So we have the lineage that this started with Abraham. Abraham had his son Isaac, and Isaac had two sons, uh, Esau and Jacob. And so he's the son of Isaac, and he's the grandson of Abraham. And this is another step in the lineage towards Jesus. So we, we want to keep seeing that that's what this is moving towards. Um, Jacob's name, oh, got that back there. Sorry. Jacob's name means cheater, supplanter, um, circumvents. These are kind of definitions of the name of Jacob. And as we go through some of the highlights of Jacob before we get to what Cullen just read, um, we're going to see some of these character traits come out. And if you read or listen to these verses, you already have an opinion of Jacob, right? Um, so the first highlight that we really get to is in Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34, that I'm not going to read, because um, that's not where we're landing today, but we want to know about Jacob. And in that chapter, in those verses, Jacob steals Esau's birthright. He comes in from hunting, he's exhausted, he needs food, and his brother was so kind as to say, yeah, I'll give you food if you give me your birthright, right? I mean, like, who does that? Like, all of us here, if someone was needing something and hungry, we would give them food and bring them food. We do it all the time here, right? So this is where we start to learn about Jacob, that he is trying to seize something. He is trying to, to cheat his brother, and his brother says yes because he's just too hungry and says, you know, what good is a birthright if I die? And the birthright was important in the Old Testament. Um, it, it gave him uh, power and authority after the father passed, and it gave him a double portion of things for an inheritance. So it was, it was an important piece uh, that belonged to Esau, but now it was Jacob's. And the next thing that we really see for the big story with Jacob is that Jacob steals Esau's blessing, okay? And this is in chapter 27 of Genesis, verses 1 through 29. And Jacob here, his mother tells him to go do these things, to take the blessing away from Jacob. And the blessing was, it was a big blessing. It was 
food, it was wine, it was land, it was, it was everything that you want as the firstborn. And the thing that was funny to me when I was reading through this is Jacob questioned his mother about it. But he didn't question his mother about whether it was right or wrong, right? He questioned his mother on, are you sure this is going to work? Because I don't want to be cursed, you know? So he, what he was worried about, he wasn't worried about the actual act. He wanted to take that blessing. He just didn't want it to go the wrong way and for him to be cursed. So I, I thought that was real interesting um, in that part of it. And then as we move further into chapter 28, we get to where Jacob is sent to go to Laban for a wife so that he doesn't marry a wife from Canaan. And he stops in this spot to sleep, and he has a dream. And God shows him in the dream that he is going to make him a great nation, that he's going to give him the land that he's sleeping on, that he's going to prosper, and that he's going to have uh, uh, descendants all the way to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. And there, when Jacob wakes up, he makes a vow to God. And he tells God, if you are going to do these things for me, then you will be my God. But he didn't mean it. He, he was just being Jacob. He was he said, yeah, I'll do this. I, I want that. And, but he wasn't really he wasn't taking the step towards faith of trusting God with that and, and letting that come about in that kind of a manner. So from there, he travels on to meet Laban, and that pretty much covers chapters 29 through 31, and Jacob gets a taste of his own medicine. All of this cheating that he's been doing, all of this lying, all of this, you know, it, he's a schemer. And here he meets Laban, and he meets Rachel, and he really likes Rachel and wants Rachel to be his wife. And he agrees to work seven years for Rachel. He works those seven years, but instead of Rachel, Laban takes in his oldest daughter and gives him Leah. And Jacob is mad because he just had done to him what he's been doing to everybody all the way up to this point. And the funny thing is, is every time that something like this comes up in the story of Jacob, Jacob gets really mad. He doesn't realize that he's done all these exact same things, but he gets really upset when it's done to him. And so he agrees to do another seven years of working for Laban, and, and he gets Rachel, so he has both of those wives. And while he's here, he's here 20 years, and in those 20 years, he prospers, and God has favor on him, both him and Laban. And what ends up happening is he starts multiplying and having sons, and he starts gaining wealth, and he starts gaining livestock, and he, he starts growing big, and the Lord finally tells him, it's time to go back home. And so he leaves, and that's kind of where we come to start picking up um, into Genesis chapter 32 with, uh, with this event in Jacob's life. And the thing that is you know, just really with Jacob that, that I, I want you to see is that at this point, he doesn't have any trust in God. He's not, he's not hearing what God's saying and trusting like Abraham did, okay? He's just kind of, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. I'll, 
I'll let this happen. And so we come to chapter 32, and we, we start reading. Let me get to the spot here. Um, to where Jacob's going to wrestle with God. So chapter 32, verse 22. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. So right here, I want you guys to see, if Jacob trusted God, Jacob wouldn't have sent his whole family and his, all of his belongings. He wouldn't have sent them away from him. And, and so you can see here, he wanted to be alone because he was afraid. He, he sent out to let his brother know he was coming back, and his brother got word, he got word from who he, the, that he sent out to let him know he was coming. When they came back, they let them know that he's coming, and he's coming with 400 men. So Jacob was fearing, and, and so he did all of this out of fear. Um, so Jacob was left alone, verse 24, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint, and he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So some things I want us to see here with this wrestling is that it was both physical, because he was wrestling with a man, but it was also spiritual, because up until this point, when you hear Jacob refer to God, he refers to God as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, but he doesn't call him his God. And God is wanting to have that relationship. So, but from the physical sense, he's also wrestling. I mean, that's it, something that we'll never obviously do. But the spiritual side, it's something that we will do. And um, so my first point that I want to bring up through those verses is that Jacob wrestles with God, and, and so do we. we. We all wrestle with God with some things. Um, with Jacob, um, like I told you, he didn't put his trust in God. He didn't trust him with Laban, because Laban came after him after he left with everything. And, and he was afraid what Laban was going to do to him. He was afraid with Esau. And when he was alone, he was, he was afraid. So God had told him, nothing will happen to you until everything that I have told you comes true. So he could have put his trust in God. He could have totally just been uh, not scheming anymore, not relying on himself, and, and said you know, like Abraham did with Isaac. He, he was taking him ready to sacrifice him, and, but he had faith and he was going to do what God wanted him to do. Jacob hasn't done that yet. And, um, but what does it mean to wrestle with God? So examples for us in wrestling with God can be uh, maybe the Lord's putting on your heart to forgive somebody and you don't want to do it. Or you do do it. Um, putting your trust in when, when something gets hard with either health or finances or things of that nature. Um, maybe you need to say sorry to somebody and you haven't done it and you don't want to do it. Um, 
I know for me, um, in my life, we've, I, I, we've had family issues with all different kinds of things. And um, there was a few years back uh, where my family tried to come at me socially and, and do some damage to me. And it didn't happen, but from that, I had to get to that place of I'm supposed to forgive them because that's, that's what I'm supposed to do, and the Lord's putting on my heart to forgive them, and I, I don't want to forgive them, you know? And then Ernesto would do some messages, and he would talk on it, and I'm like, ah, you know, and it would come back, and it would come back. And this is kind of how Jacob was. He, he was. he was interfacing with the Lord, and the Lord was wanting him to do what he was supposed to do, and instead he was always just scheming and trying to find a way around and, and trying to, uh, a way to do things. So eventually I did get to that point to where I did forgive them um, and let them know that, you know, I'm not mad at you. So, and it was hard, you know, but that's what the Lord had put on my heart. And so I did it. He wanted me to be obedient. He wanted me to follow that. Um, another way that I wanted to bring up with wrestling with God is from my life as a teenager. Um, some of you know, some of you don't. I was called as a teenager to ministry. And I went to a Christian school. I graduated from a Christian school. When I graduated, I didn't want to go to a Christian school anymore. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And the Lord sent this man that I didn't even know. And he would come to my house every week and say, John, pack your bags. Let's go. I'll, I'll drive you to South Carolina to the university right now. And he did that for three weeks. He kept coming and coming. And then he finally stopped coming. But I didn't do what I was supposed to do. A, a little bit like Jacob here. And for the next 30 years, I wasn't with God where I needed to be because of that. And so that's kind of what Jacob's doing. He's, he's living his life. He's doing what he wants. He knows who God is. He, he believes he's the one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. But he hasn't kind of brought himself to where it's his God yet. So all of that comes up with Jacob is wrestling with God. And... Then we get to read on that we know that Jacob's wrestling with God and that um, he, the, whoever he's wrestling with is asking to be let go, and, and Jacob says he won't. But then in verse 27, and Jacob said to him, what is your name? Or, I'm sorry, the, the person that was wrestling with him said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then Jacob, or then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. But then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. There's a reason Jacob's asking him for his name. Because back in that time, if you had a battle with somebody and you became victorious, you're the one that prevailed, and you knew their name, you had control over them. So here's Jacob again doing the same thing. He's 
He's trying to get ahead. He's scheming. He's trying to... And God knows that he's doing this. So that's why he says, why is it that you ask my name? Because he knows what Jacob is trying to do here. So there he didn't tell him his name and he blessed him. And it says, so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has delivered. So there's a second point here that I want to bring up that, that's happening right here. And it's hard to see. It, it took me a while to see this this week. Um, and it's simply that even though Jacob wrestles, God is showing him grace. And God shows him grace in a couple spots here by when he asks for his name. And God knows what he's doing. And instead of God getting mad and punishing him, he shows him grace through that, and he still blesses him. And then in his own words, Jacob's words, he says that he has seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So there again is God showing grace in both of those instances to Jacob. Jacob is surprised that he has been actually wrestling with God and realizes that he's wrestling with God. And from that, he walks away and going, man, I'm still alive. You know, I mean, Jacob would be a good villain. You know, he, he does a lot wrong. Um, and God's trying to bring him to him because when we see the bigger picture of this, what is God wanting to do? God is wanting to create a nation. He's wanting to create a lineage. He's wanting everything to, to come together to his plan so that Jesus can come here and he can be who blesses all nations and offers us salvation, correct? Right? So he's still wrestling with God, but another thing happens. Uh, when we go back in and we see that um, in verse 28, he says, And then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So Jacob now has a new name. And in the Old Testament, that means something when God gives a new name. No longer is Jacob going to be identified as a schemer, as a liar, as a cheater. He is going to be known as Israel. Israel means he's going, that he strives with God. And now God is going to use him. Jacob's making a change here. Right? And so it's important to see that. And, you know, when Jacob, when we read in here, when, when he touched his hip and he hurt him, Jacob knew right then that, okay, I am now at the disadvantage. I can't win. But he, he couldn't win, but he was still trying to get that blessing. Right? He was still trying to scheme, still trying. But from all of this and through the end of it, uh, where he goes off limping, he, he knows that that is his God now. And we get to see that, not in these 10 verses, um, excuse me, but we get to see that in chapter 35 and verses 1 through 3 um, that, that I want to read because uh, my point 3 is that Jacob uh, submits to God and then God is able to use him. And so verse 35 or chapter 35, verses 1 through 3, it said, God said to Jacob, Arise, 
Go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were there with him, Put away the foreign gods, so put away the gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Does that sound like the same Jacob? You know, he, God's telling him to do something, and he's acting on it, right? It, he's, he's, he's now trying to do what God wants him to do. So it continues and says, Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So he is now embracing. He knows God has been with him. He knows, he knows God brought him through Laban, and he knows that God changed Esau's heart so that instead of wanting to kill him, that he hugs and kisses him and, and misses his brother. Um, he knows God has done all that for him, and, and now he's ready to do what God wants him to do. And, and it's incredible. Um, you know, he leaves behind all the other altars. And I don't know, I don't necessarily know whether Jacob was doing anything with those altars or not, but we know they were important to Rachel because Rachel's the one who took them from her father. And, but he puts everything away. He's, I'm not going to have anything around that isn't anything but me and God now. And, and, and that, it's awesome to see that transformation. So he's given a new name. And he's given a new identity, and now God can use him. You know, so when we have those things, when we have things that God's working on in our own lives, you know, what are we going to do with those? You know, sometimes we get in spots. Um, last uh, April, I had COVID really bad, and and it, it was I was a lot worse than I even thought I was, and I was crying out to God the same way Jacob was when he was crying out to God for, for help over Esau. Um, but what came down to it is, you know, I just said, my life is yours, God, and you bring me through, my life's yours. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And ultimately, that's where Jacob gets here. And he still messes up. He messes up in, a little bit down the road here. But everybody does. But what's important is he comes back, and, and he gets where he's supposed to be. And so he obeys what God told him to do there. He leaves everything behind, and he makes an altar to God to affirm where, where him and God are now. And later on in the Bible, and we'll, we might even have it covered in one of the future lessons, it's now the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God of Abraham. Now that's said, and it's said the rest of the way through. Um, so... Starting, I started talking to you about, about my calling as, as a teenager. So from the age of 18, I don't even know how many years it is. It was, I think it was like 30 years. Um, we moved up here. And when we moved up here, it was 2016. And I just, God was just, I'm not done with you. Like every sermon, everything that was happening, he wasn't done with me. And this is 30 years later. Jacob was over 20 years later from when God started letting him know what was, what was in store for him and the blessings that he was going to have. And I started submitting my life to God. And I started putting down things that he would put on my heart to do. And little by little, um, I started college. And now 
uh, January 30th, I was ordained. I'm a pastor. Uh, I get to come up here and, and preach the word and share with you guys, and, and it's all I want to do. And the Lord brought that back. And so the point and what I'm trying to show you is when God's putting that stuff on your heart and when you submit and, and you give that in and you start doing that, there's good that's going to come behind that. And there's going to be good in your life that's going to come from that. Um, you know, with, with school last year, uh, when I got sick and I, and I had COVID, I really I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't do school. I stopped going to school. And like Jacob, I kind of made an agreement with God. I was, he was really putting on my heart about starting back to school. I did not want to start school. I just wanted to become a pastor without finishing my Bible degree. And so it's a Sunday morning. I'm out doing my job before coming in for church for the day. And I made a deal. I'm like, I, I had like 20-some days or something before my time was up and I was going to have to actually start paying on the loans for the school that I had done. And I said, okay, Lord, if I can go and get re-upped without having to start paying the student loans, I'll go back to school. Guess who lost? I lost, right? So I ended up starting school back up in January 10th of this year. Um, and it's, it's those kinds of things. I mean, some, sometimes we're silly. Sometimes we cry out to God. Sometimes we, we try to make a deal with God. If you do this, I'll do this. And then if he does it, if he takes care of that, and if he sees us through those things, do, are we going to do what we say we're going to do from that? Or do we just go, thank you, and, and go back to what we've been doing? And, and Jacob here shows us ultimately that all these things that he was that was bad, he makes those changes and starts to do what he's supposed to do. And it's, it's pretty cool uh, that, that God can take somebody like Jacob and use him. You know, it, it doesn't have to always be uh, the, the person that just never does anything wrong. He uses and can use all of us. It's all about us submitting and obeying what the Holy Spirit puts on us, right? Like, we don't get to have God directly tell us uh, anything today, but we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit guides us, and he, he, he puts things on our heart to do, like um, you're on Facebook, and someone's just stupid, and you start typing, and you're like, and Lord's like, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, do you do it, or, or do you backspace it out and let it go? Um, things like that. It's that's, that's what our life's about. Um, so what's the result of all this on the big picture, right? We, we have the covenant to Abraham, and, and now we move a step closer. We, we have another line of lineage. We have Jacob, who is now Israel, who is the father, the patriarch of the 12 tribes of Israel. They're his sons. And The, the, um, the covenant is now a step forward in two ways because now the nation is starting to form, right? Anybody know when the nation actually becomes an actual nation to the world? It's 1947, right, is when Israel is recognized 
globally as a nation. I, I did a fifth grade report on it, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's about where it is. But, um, but yeah, but, but this is the beginning. This is now going from one person to two sons to 12 tribes and the promise of going to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, to, to more descendants than dust. You know, this is starting to happen, but it's also another step closer to the promise of, through Abraham, blessing all nations. So, um, pretty cool stuff, if you ask me. Uh, I, I started out with Jacob, and I'm like, man, dude, you know, but he comes around, and he's going to do what God wants him to do, and we all probably have a little bit of Jacob in us. You know, there's, there's probably stuff that we're all struggling with here and there that the Lord's putting on our hearts and, and just kind of challenging you, what are you going to do with it? Are you, are you going to keep just leaving it there or are you going to take it and, and give it over to the Lord? You know, it's, it's not always not easy and it doesn't mean when you try to do it that you're going to say, okay, and it's going to be done. Just like with Jacob, Jacob started walking this walk and if you go down a couple of chapters, he kind of just starts to go into his old ways again because, you know, human sinful nature. So, um, yeah, so we see the big picture. We're stepping towards, going towards the lineage. Um, next week, we'll take another step, and, um, and we'll get to see a little bit about the life of Joseph and how that all plays into it. So um, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I pray that we can learn from the life of Jacob. I, I pray that, that we can know and understand that when you give us stuff that you want us to lay down, stuff that you want us to give up, or maybe something that you want us to give into to do for you, that we look at that and, and see that that is getting a step closer to you and you getting a step closer to us, and that we can use that to, uh, or you can use that to do good through us. And uh, Lord, if there's anybody here that that's struggling with something right now, Lord, I just I I pray that uh, I pray that they will seek you. I pray that they will take the time to to try and and work on this. And it, it may not be easy just to stop and, and do, but that, that they put their heart in it and they pray through it and, and, and work on it and, and choose to obey you through it, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you'll just be with us as we go forward today. And uh, we love you and we thank you for everything. In your name we pray.